0: At about 7 a.m. one morning, one of my youth boys called me. Uh, Zach loved his granddad, and uh, a few times he had asked me to go and visit him. Granddad was facing some health challenges, and Zach wanted his youth pastor to echo some of the things that he'd been sharing with his granddad: that Jesus is the way; He's the way to God; that He's the truth; He's the truth of life; that He is life. That. The fullness of peace is found in God. And I'd be doing that and sharing that with Zach's granddad. But this one morning I was, saw a phone call and I knew what it was going to be about. And I picked up the phone and I heard Zach on the other end crying. Pastor Tim, Pastor Tim, get down to the hospital. Granddad doesn't have long. And so I got in the car and raced down to the hospital and I walked in the hospital room where where granddad and the family was and they saw me I said hi and they walked out and it would just left me and granddad alone in this hospital room and once again I just began sharing about Jesus and how he's the way the truth and the life but no matter what I said granddad just kept talking back he kept talking over me about all this guilt and all the shame that he had accumulated over his whole life and he didn't believe in Jesus, he actually believed in reincarnation and his whole thought process was that the next part of his life was going to be a punishment for all the things that he did, had done wrong over his life, that he didn't deserve anything better, he didn't deserve anything more but whatever he was going to come back as, whoever he was going to come back as it was going to be a life of punishment because of the guilt and the shame that he had accumulated over his life but no matter how much I could try and convince this guy that hey you don't have to live this way right now or even when you cross over no matter what I said he just he just couldn't get at the guilt and the shame that he had had over his life just consumed him and he had passed over with this heavy heart and didn't like who he was and it, it had gripped him about three years later I found myself at that same hospital same kind of situation at the bed of a dying man and but this one was different this one I I got to lead to Jesus and I got to convince him I guess that Jesus is the way that Jesus is the truth and that f- the fullness of life and peace is found in him and this man said yes to Jesus on his deathbed and he began sharing about why he didn't you know I, I, I guess choose Jesus previously but but he began describing this undescribable peace that this man had just experienced. That you know, his his whole life he had he had had regrets and 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 you know, I I, I guess looked through life and gone. You know, I, I wasn't good at this. I I didn't achieve this. I didn't meet this standard. But he told me how when he said yes to Jesus, just something inside felt so peaceful and. And he'd never felt trust like this before he felt that he could trust god with his family he he certainly had regrets he certainly regretted that he didn't spend more time with his family he certainly regretted that he didn't i guess know jesus earlier than being on his deathbed but nonetheless he's as he crossed as as it was his turn to cross over i guess into this new life he had found jesus he had found this fullness of peace and he died with a smile on his face and in his heart. One man was eaten by guilt and shame. Another man, not. How is that possible? You know, Romans 8 says this. So now there's no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This here is the reason why one man chose to die with guilt and shame, plastered you know, on his heart and mind. Another man chose to choose Jesus and, and move to that next life peacefully because there's no condemnation in God. This scripture here, it'll be on the screen in a second. Let's put the first light up. This scripture here really is a summary of the entire Bible. It's a summary of the entire Bible. You know that I guess at one point man was connected to God. Uh, you know, then we chose to go our own way. That's called sin. That you know, we think that we can uh, do this life better than what God had for us, and so we rejected who God uh, was. But no matter how many rules we tried to make for ourselves, no matter how rules, uh, no matter how many rules, I guess we got from God, we could never live up to that standard that God had for us all that we placed upon ourselves and so in that process we feel guilty and we feel shame as humans that we can't ever measure up to the standard of God or the sin that we placed upon ourselves. It's why I guess in the narrative story of Adam and Eve uh, you know they find themselves naked and they cover themselves they cover their nakedness with a leaf they felt shameful. The Bible talks about Sarah and, and how she was barren and the shame of that barrenness she tries to hide her shame by giving her husband another woman that being Hagar she tries to cover her shame Moses kills a guy murders a guy feels guilty so he covers his guilt up with sand he buries the guy in the sands of Egypt he covers his guilt David cheats you know David uh, commits in, infidelity and sleeps with another man's wife and he covers that guilt by sending the man to the front lines of battle you know and killing the guy in war since the beginning of time we've tried to cover I guess that guilt and that shame that we possess that we carry you know for not being able to meet the standards that God has for us and not being able to meet our own standards and so really uh, we're either one of the two guys here, either we're uh, living a life that it just seems to consume us, anxiety and stress and not being free, or we're living in freedom that Jesus has for us. Like Zach's granddad, I'm sure we've all had moments in our life, you know, where we've felt guilt, where we've felt shame, but uh, the question this morning isn't, um, are you guilty of sin or are you ashamed of sin? That's not the question this morning. I think the real question is this. Are you free from the damage that guilt and shame can do? I think that's the real question. Because the good news this morning, uh, you know, Greg stole the words man out of my mouth. It's Good Friday. How can this be a good day celebrating some guy's death? Well, this morning there's good news. There's good news from Jesus' death that we can be free from these things. And so this morning, I just thought it'd be a great idea to unpack something of Jesus and uh, find out really why it's good news this morning that uh, he did what he did. Amen? Cool. Great. Uh, this morning, I want us to look at John nineteen twenty eight thirty. 28, uh, You can either get your phones out or Bibles out, follow with me, or it'll be on the screen in front of you. It says this, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. Everyone say finished. And to fulfill scripture... He said, I'm thirsty. A jar of sour wine wine was sitting there, so they soaked a sponge in it and put it on a hyssop branch and held it up to his lips. When When Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Then he bowed his head and released his spirit. You know, the most, I guess, memorable words of a, Person in their life is usually their very last words. The last words of someone's life is usually their most memorable. It's the I guess it's the time you know where I guess uh, you know he can get things off his chest. I guess it's the time where you know she can right any wrongs and, and and deal with any grievances. It's it's the time where you know they can lift up and give encouragement. What's interesting is that Jesus doesn't do any of that. This is the last words of Christ pre-resurrection the last words that Jesus says and his words aren't ones that you know oh listen I'm sorry for this or you know I've got to get this off my chest he doesn't even give any words of wisdom he doesn't even do it all he says is it is finished it is finished three beautiful words that you love to hear I don't know about you but I love these words I love when my wife says hey let's watch a chick flick and I sleep halfway through it, and then she says, Hey hun, it is finished. That's just three beautiful words. I love those words. It is finished. It's so good. This morning I thought, let's unpack the last words of Jesus. And let's let's find out what he meant, what the importance of him with his last breathing words. He said, It is finished. It is finished. So the first word, it. It's a cool word, it. I think you know Jesus said it is finished so obviously something had to start for something to finish and he said it is finished So obviously something was happening that had an ending and Jesus said it is finished so this morning I want to find out what is it when Jesus said it is finished uh, I think we first need to know what it was and we've kind of already spoken about it already in a nutshell man disconnected himself from God man fell short of the glory of God the Bible says all of sin and fall short of God's glory we know that sin so missing the mark of God sin equals death Roman says for the wages of sin is death and so man falls short of God's glory okay that sin sin equals death and so Jesus comes the scripture shows us that Jesus comes to fulfill that punishment I guess that death that sin Required, Corinthians says, Paul wrote, God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So Jesus becomes our sacrifice. Why? Why? That's just a great question. It's a question that I've struggled with almost my entire Christian life. Why did Jesus have to come and die? I guess to answer that question, we have to understand two theological concepts. And it's the two words, expiation And propitiation. Everyone say expiation. We'll say nice and smart now. And propitiation. Expiation and propitiation. Expiation means this. It means to appease by suffering. It means to appease by suffering. It means this. To fulfill some kind of punishment that has to be some kind of sacrifice. It's the whole idea of why if a corporate company goes bankrupt, the CEO resigns. That's called expiation. The CEO has to suffer because they did something wrong. The company fell. And so for, for all to be good, he has to suffer. He has to resign. It's why we discipline our kids. It's why if they're naughty, we say, in time out, or no more iPad. You know, it's why we discipline our kids. We say, because you've done the wrong thing to appease my self being upset, you have to suffer no iPad for you. It's it's why we send people to jail. Because it's expiation you've done the wrong thing therefore you're going to suffer for what you did Jesus becomes our expiation sin equals death and God required an act of sacrifice an act of suffering to appease sin and so Jesus becomes our expiation he becomes our sacrifice does that make sense are you with me The second word is propitiation it means almost the exact same thing but it deals with the wrath of god now we don't talk about the wrath of god much we talk about a loving god you know jesus is love god is love we don't ever preach the sermon god is angry (laughs) but you have to understand in the bible there's an angry god an angry god exists in the bible a god of wrath exists in the bible God has a genuine wrath towards sin. He has a genuine wrath. He has a hatred and anger toward the very thing that keeps his creation from him. He doesn't hate people. He's not angry at me. He's not angry at you. But he's upset that sin stole us. Because the Bible says that God's a jealous God. And he wants his people. And so he's upset that we chose ourselves over him. And that's and so propitiation is the whole idea for sacrifice uh, through suffering to appease the wrath of God through suffering. The Bible says that the wrath of God was poured out on Christ, that he took the wholeness, the anger that we deserved, Jesus took. So when Jesus says it is finished, The it that he's talking about is the expiation and propitiation. It's the whole idea that God needed someone to pay the price. And Jesus said, I'll do it. That price, it, that's finished. That's done. I love the second word that Jesus says. He says is. It's a beautiful word. Is. Is means right now. Present tense. Is is not could be, you know, hey, it might be finished. You know, it could be finished. You know, uh, you know, this is just, I'm just seeing if this is a good idea. You know, we might see in 2000 years if this works. I'm not too sure. You know, he didn't say that. He, he, he didn't say, you know, I'm not sure what I'm doing. It just felt like a good idea at the time. You know, he, didn't, he said, it is right now, present tense today. Not yesterday, not tomorrow, right now. It is finished he didn't say hey if you're a good christian he didn't say hey if you've been a good christian this week you know then i'll cover you know that wage he didn't say that he didn't say this he didn't say hey you he didn't say hey you have to be a christian he didn't say that he just said it is finished the sacrifice that god needed no matter if you follow me or not it's done it is finished. I just love that word. It is finished. Finished. What a great word, finished. Um, I've kind of lied to you this morning. Jesus never actually said it is finished because he didn't speak English. He didn't actually say it is finished. <laughs> Jesus said, uh, the Bible records one word, one Greek word. And the word is this, tetelestai. Tell us, die. Jesus didn't say it is finished, it's just how we have translated this word. It is finished. What the scripture actually says is just one word to tell us, um, die. This word to tell us, um, die, it's actually not a religious word. It's only found in the Bible twice, and in the scripture that we read just before, we said it twice. It's found twice in the Bible in the exact same, in, in the same scripture, right next to each other. It's not used anywhere else in the Bible. This word isn't a religious word, yet Jesus is, 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 is written, to tell us die. This word had three meanings. It had three meanings. So this morning, I guess I want to find what did Jesus mean when he said, it is finished, when he said to tell us die, what did he actually mean? The first meaning of to tell us die was this. You would hear it actually in the financial term. And it was to do with the payment of a loan. Who here has a like a home loan? Put your hand up nice and high. Home loan, a car loan. Put it, keep them up. Let's see let's see how much guilt and shame I can conjure up this morning. Car loan, home loan, personal loan. Who has a credit card with some money owing on it? Come on, keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Let's get that guilt running. <laughs> All right. All right. We would love this word. If you have a loan here or a debt, we would love to hear this word in uh ancient greece the word to meant this it meant that the last payment of that loan had been received it meant that what i owed the lender that's been paid there's nothing more to be paid it's done so when jesus says to telestai did he mean to say Paid the debt that humanity owed God, I've paid the last payment. You know all those humans you've been human sacrificing all these years, you know all these animals that you've been killing and getting their blood to try and make God like you, well this is the last blood payment. When Jesus said to tell Telestai, was he saying, hey this is the last payment of blood, no more blood, no more killing. Is that what Jesus was saying? to tell star. Do you not think it would be stupid? Do you not think I would be an idiot if I paid off my last payment to the bank of my home loan and then just kept paying my mortgage? Do you not, you know, 500 bucks a week? Here, Westpac, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Who thinks that would be dumb of me? That was rhetorical. <laughs> it would be silly, wouldn't it, for me to keep paying back something that's paid off Do not think that it was silly for this man to think that he had to keep paying back. Jesus had paid the price for the guilt, for the shame, but this man thought that he had to come back and serve another life and be punished that whole next life to pay back all of the regret, all of the hurt that he had done. Is that what Jesus meant when He said to tell us, sty Was He saying, "Hey, I've paid the debt; you don't have to pay that guilt and shame anymore"? You know, I think the, it, understanding the magnitude of what Jesus did, I think, is important. You know, um, if someone was to come to me and say, "Hey, Pastor Tim, um, I want to pay your Audible membership," you know, Audible is audio books, you know, eight ninety-five a month or whatever, hundred bucks in the year, I'd be like oh, awesome, thanks. You know, and if God's speaking to you this morning to pay that, then let God speak, you know. (laughs) You know, but if someone was to pay, uh, you know, that, I'd be like, oh, awesome, thanks. But who knows, my reaction would be a bit different if someone said, hey, Pastor Tim, I want to pay off your mortgage. Who knows, you know, I don't cry much, Uh, you know. um, I've cried two times in my life. One was when uh, we had Malachi, my firstborn. And it wasn't so much the process of birth, it was just the whole process of me going, man there's a little human that needs me to live now far out and uh, so I was crying from stress I guess and then I cried last week I, I cried last week when um, our coach from Manchester United made the worst player in our team captain uh, I cried then when Flaney was captain and so uh, but thank God for Matthew he he counseled me through that process and now I feel free in Jesus name praise God and uh, you know but who knows that if you were to come to me and say hey I paid your mortgage off who knows that I'd probably cry. Who knows that you would be my bestest friend right now? BFFs. I'd put something on Facebook at least. You know, Who knows that you could ask anything of me and I'd, I'd say yes straight away? Who knows that my reaction and the way that I lived out in my life would be different toward you than anyone else? Who knows that? I think if we could understand this morning what it actually means for Jesus to be that expiation and propitiation, I think if we could understand that Christ took... The wrath of God, the anger of God towards sin, and took that from us and paid that price, I think it would turn out to be a life sold out for him. Yeah. I think that that expression of gratefulness would be, Jesus, I'm all yours. You died for me, I'm gonna live for you. That's just how it is. When Jesus said to tell us die, did he mean it to pay off a debt? The second. <clears throat> Uh, definition of this word that we would hear it once again it's to do with money in the marketplace was it meant done deal you would hear this word if you were haggling with someone in the marketplace and you would come to a fixed price the owner of the shop would go to tell sty, done deal it's done that's the price it's gonna be remember i was on a missions trip uh, a few years ago in uh, malaysia and uh, like all good missions trips, we went shopping, <laughs> and so we went to this place called Petaling Street in Kuala Lumpur, and uh, Beck might know that. And uh, yes, little China, Chinatown, Petaling Street. It's where all of the uh, cheap stuff is, all, all the knockoff stuff. And so I'm like, I got to get all the soccer shirts I could possibly get, you know. And so we went into Petaling Street with my mate Jared. He was a, uh, we were both soccer fans, and so we went in, and I was down one end of the street, and he was down the other. And I got to this store with all these soccer shirts, and so I started. I walked in there and I'm like, oh, hey, I want to buy this, I want to buy that. You know, what can you do for each shirt? And the guy goes, ah, oh, boss, boss, for you, 50 ringgit. 50 ringgit for you, boss. I'm like, no, 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 no. Uh, 40. Ah, oh, boss, no, 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 no. F- 45, 45. I'm like, nah, too much. And I walked out. You know, then he grabbed me, you know, and he started haggling. Uh, you, you give me price, boss. Uh, 20 ringgit. Ah, oh, boss, you kill me. You kill me, boss. You kill me. Uh, 25. Uh, but I, I, I give these to you Bus. I 25 deal 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 so we to tell a star he didn't say to tell a star he said something in Malaysian but shook and we dealt $25 per shirt and so I got all these shirts for 25 ringgit which is I thought just fantastic then my mate came and he said "Oi, Tim look at all these shirts I got I'm like, I'm like I know I'm getting the same ones it's awesome he goes I got these for 15 ringgit I'm like what 15 ringgit which in Australian currency is $3. but Like, what? 15 ringgit. So I went back to the guy and I said, Oi, hey, no deal. He got these for 15 ringgit. Rip off. Anyway, this guy went absolutely psycho. He started like speaking in tongues. You know, uh, probably swearing at me in Malaysian more than anything, not speaking in tongues. I doubt he was filled with the Holy Ghost. But he starts yelling at me and grabbing me and pushing me and shaking me. And I was physically scared. So I just grabbed my wallet and spat the money out got the shirts and took off and this guy was like walking down Pataling Street yelling at me and all this stuff and we got to our hotel and I said to our team leader who who lived in Malaysia I said hey this, this happened this guy went absolutely mental like he physically handled me and she said what happened so I told her what happened and she said you idiot you made a deal with this man you don't break that deal it was a deal, you know. You said yes, he said yes, and you shook. It was a done deal. To tell a done deal. You know, there's this one time where uh, Jesus meets in in, in the Bible. It talks about the story of the rich young ruler. You can go and see it for yourself. The rich young ruler. Just type it into Google, and you can uh, re- re- read the story. This young man comes up to Jesus, and he says, "Jesus, I've done all these good things. Here's the rules. Here's the rules." And I've completed the majority of them. Is that all I have to do to be saved? You know, what else must I do? You know, I've I've done most of these things, and Jesus says, "Well, actually, um, actually, the deal is you've got to follow me. That's the deal." And the Bible says that this young man drops his head and walks away, downcast. When Jesus said to tell a to was He saying, "Hey, this is what it costs to know God? I'm the way, I'm the truth." and I'm the life if you want to find God it has to be through me it's through me Jesus Christ was that what Jesus meant when he said to tell us diet it is finished that it's a done deal this is the cost this is the price this is how you get to God I'm not sure the third third not four three the third meaning that this word had wasn't financial it was actually to do with artistry an artist would say the word to tell a sty. I remember for, for my 21st birthday, I was youth pastor at my church and uh, uh, Olivia, one of our young leaders, went to me and said, Pastor Tim, I want to get you a present for your 21st birthday because it's you know special, but I don't know what to get you. And um, she was an amazing artist. I've got, um, you know, we have a heap of work in our house um, from, from this young girl. And I said, um, she, she said, so I thought I'll paint you a picture whatever you want. And so I said, oh, Pastor Brett Turner would be good. Um, she didn't know who that was. So uh, anyway, <laughs> I just thought of that just there, Brett. <laughs> I like you. <it>, you're cool. <laughs> Although he does need a pay rise because his jeans are all ripped. So I just let all the board members know that our youth pastor needs a pay rise. And he said, amen. <laughs> she said, can I paint you a picture? And I said, oh, that would be awesome. She said, what do you want? I said, oh, you know what? I would, I would really love, I would... I would love like an old Queenslander on stumps, I would love an old rickety fence with, with uh, you know, wires, post, wires, post, wire, post. I'd love a big massive gum tree, the side of the house with maybe a swing in it, I'd love, I'd love the whole orange sunset, you know, the dry grass, I'd love something like that. She said, I, I said, can you do that? She said, oh, sure, great. And so she started painting my picture, well, she was one of my youth girls and so I was at her house regularly with meetings and meeting, family, or whatever, and every now and then I would take a look at this picture that she was painting for me and and just see how she was. And each time there would be something different. There would be a different color change. There would be a new picture. There'd be a new, uh, you know, some kind of drawing. There'd be something different each time. And I got to see the progress of this painting. Well, I remember on my birthday, it was all wrapped up and uh, it wasn't much of a surprise. I don't know why she wrapped it. But anyway, it's all wrapped up and I opened it up. But I noticed something that I had never noticed before on the painting. I'd watched its conception, I guess, the whole way through. I'd watched the process of this thing being drawn and being painted. But at the very end, when I opened up, there was something that I'd never seen on this painting before. Can you guess what it was? It was her signature. The bottom corner, she had signed Olivia Hyatt. She had signed the painting. I was like, wow, that's awesome. Whenever the artist would finish their painting, they would sign and they would say, die They would sign the artwork and say, "To die It meant this. It meant what I saw is complete. It meant there's nothing to be taken away from this artwork. It meant that there's nothing else to add. It's completed. It is finished. They would sign it, and they would say, "To Telesty, "I don't know. Maybe Jesus meant when he's on the cross and his blood was dripping down the cross, maybe the blood was his signature, saying, "It is finished. This is complete. This is what salvation looks like. This is the grand picture. Nothing you can do can get you closer to God than going through." this cross, then going through this picture. Maybe, just maybe, that's what Jesus meant. Here's the thing, regarding Olivia's painting. As soon as she signed it, it became an original picture, yeah? If I was to take that picture, put some tracing paper over it, copied all the lines, did all the colors, and then printed the picture... Who knows it wouldn't be as valuable as the original? Who knows that the work that I did wouldn't be as valuable as the original? Who knows that if we were to go to the Louvre this morning, get out Mona Lisa, and just press her up a bit? I mean put some sunnies on her, you know, put better, put more modern hair, you know. Who knows that we would devalue the painting, yeah? You know? Who knows then if I went to Olivia's painting and said, oh, listen, I need some more birds. I'm not an artist. My birds just like, they look like Big Macs, M's, you know? (laughs) Big McDonald's M's. Who knows, I would devalue the painting. The work that I would bring would not be as good as the original. Maybe when Jesus died on the cross, he's saying, hey, whatever works you bring, they're just not as valuable. This is the cost of it. This is the picture. Your good works hey they're good good job you're involved in a club well done you give to charity fantastic you're a good person good but the tracing isn't as good as the real deal maybe that's what jesus was saying when he said to tell us die that this is the picture if we go to jesus if we go to god with his works he says to tell us die it is finished so Which one did Jesus mean to use? Did he mean to use, there was a debt and I paid it? Did he mean to use, this is a done deal, there's no more renegotiating? Did he mean to say, this is the picture, this is how you get to God, don't make your own picture up, this is what it looks like? When he said, it is finished, no shame, no guilt... No death, freedom. Which one did he mean to use when it was written to tell I think he meant all of them. I think he meant the debt that you were supposed to pay. I lived the life that you should have lived and paid the price that you should have paid. I think that's what he meant. I thought he meant when he said, done deal. I think he was saying, hey, take it or leave it. This is a done deal. This is it right here. I think the blood on the cross, I think that was his signature, saying, this is the picture here. I've signed it with myself. This is how you get to God. Two dying men, at the end of their life, One filled with regret, one filled with guilt, one filled with shame, only expecting life next to be something of burden and punishment. One man saying yes to Jesus, experiencing peace that surpasses any kind of understanding and experiences freedom. One chose to allow guilt and shame to consume He's crossing over the other one, was free. This morning, I just want to simply say this. You don't have to wait to the end of your existence to choose how to live a free life, to choose a life that doesn't get overrun by guilt and shame and, and, and us beating ourselves constantly with, I can never even match my own rules, the own, the, the own expectations that I put on myself, I can't even match. I want to tell you why it's called Good Friday. It's called Good Friday because Jesus is our expiation and propitiation. It is right now, right now, this morning, right now, finished, to tell us die. He's paid the debt that that shame and that guilt is supposed to pay. He's gone through the stress and the anxiety that we don't have to go through anymore. He's paid the debt, church. He's paid the debt, friend. This is the done deal. There's no more renegotiating. This is what the picture looks like. You just got to say yes to Jesus. Once I was disconnected, but then I found him and I was reconnected to God simply by saying yes to Jesus. Let's just find ourselves in a moment of meditation. Let's just close our eyes right now. Maybe you're here this morning and for the first time you've You've heard of this Jesus that he didn't come to bring in a new religion. He didn't come in to bring more rules. He didn't come in to bring more regulation. He didn't come to bring more rules and regulations. He simply came to bring freedom. If you're here this morning and you're saying, Pastor Tim, I would, you know what? I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to say yes to freedom. Freedom. I want to say yes to, you know, putting aside any guilt and shame, any regret, any stress and anxiety. You know, I want to say yes to. I find myself constantly trusting in myself, and I can never even match my own expectation of myself. I don't want to live that life anymore. I want to just say yes to freedom. I want to say yes to Jesus. If you're here this morning and you're saying, "Hey, count me in that prayer," I'm going to pray for you just in a moment. If you're here, say, Pastor Tim, I want to say yes to Jesus. If you can just give me a quick wave.